You're listening to Rebel 5, an interactive interview podcast with alumni, past and current parents, and friends of Ron Colley High School. I'm your host, Gary Armbruster, Director of Alumni and Corporate Relations at Ron Colley. And each week, I will ask our guests five questions regarding how their lives have evolved and how key connections of experience, opportunity, and alumni networking have propelled them to where they are today. We'll talk challenges, how to overcome challenges, and what they've learned along the way. Stay tuned. All right, welcome back to the Rebel 5 podcast. We are visiting today with Bob Tully. We just finished a segment on Bishop Chartrand and uh, some of the trials and tribulations of, of those times. We have a new school. It's 1969-70. We're going into the school year. We've merged two schools, um, bitter rivals. Is that fair to say? Very bitter rivals, yeah. yes. Um, and now all of a sudden they're all in the same building. Um, what, what did that look like? As I said, it became a job that one year trying to keep things under control uh especially with the two groups trying to bring them together and it really wasn't any any one or two or three adults it was the kids themselves being kids that brought this school to where it is today did did you see um did you see the light at the end of the tunnel at any point in time during no. that school no that first year no. no no when when did you when did you think this when did you think this is going to work or did you ever I'd say it was about it was about a year and a half to 2 years into the new school that it it started to we started having some successes and those successes kept growing and growing and growing and the kids got more and more together uh the adults Right. Different story. Yeah. But the kids came together. That's what brought Ron Colley to the where it is. You know, we, we had those labor pains, right. so to speak, and out of that came this new school uh, and this new student body, and, and they grew. And as they grew, they got smarter and more athletic right. and more uh, hardworking and just uh, more competitive. Did that coincide, though, with those first year to, the first year or two where – um, some of those students maybe attended Kennedy and, and maybe they graduated. And so um, the second year in or the third year in, it became more homogenous towards Ron Colley. Very much so. Yeah. Very much so. Uh, matter of fact, that, that was a big one of the big thoughts at the time from the higher ups that know more about education than anybody yeah. downtown. And uh, they all brought it together and said, you know, give it four years and it'll grow and grow and grow. Well, it, it did it in about a year and a half, yeah. two years. You mentioned successes. What kind of successes? Oh, athletic successes, right. plays. We had great plays at that time. Uh, not a very good stage to put them on, right. but we had great plays. And the kids loved it. As I said, we had to run people out of the building when it was Chartrand. And then when we consolidated, uh, there was nobody left around. And nobody wanted to be in the building. But are you talking then, about, talking about students or are you talking – okay. And what about the staff? Together, it just was – Yeah. It was great. It was right. great. They made things happen. And it took a while for the staff because there were lots of hurt feelings. Yeah. People lost their jobs, their paychecks. Right, right. And uh, that, made, that made a big difference to the adults. Talk about um, school leadership. When I was – I started here the uh, fall of 77, Bernie Dever was our principal. And I know Bernie was at Ron Kyle. He was at, at Chartrand, Chartrand as well. Right. But So he was part of the leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, how did that kind of transition into Bernie becoming principal? 
Uh, I'm not sure. Okay. <laughs> we were kind of surprised at that uh, because we had Sister Margaret Andrea. From Kennedy. As, as our principal. Right. And she was a great lady. I right. Do. I can't say anything bad about sister. I'd like to, but she was just a great lady. Yeah. I mean, she did, she did the things that were necessary. She made decisions when she saw what was happening here. Uh, and they proved to be the right decisions. So we had great leadership. So she was a sister of St. Joseph. Saint so Joseph. how did that, that, uh, combination go with sisters of Providence? Uh, I think, well, okay. So they were both here some, at the same time. There were some ill feelings. Right. I mean, it, so they still we, lived. I like to say the good sisters all came together and yeah. Kumbaya. But, but it not, wasn't. Uh, no. Uh, wasn't. But so they still lived at, at Sacred Heart. They still lived up on uh, Palmer street. Yes. And, and uh, yeah, that, that just to me even sounds like a crazy idea. Well, they were going to move in together. But the two orders just weren't the same. As I told you earlier, the Providence nuns were still the Wearing real the sister garb. Right. Uh, and the Sisters of St. Joseph adapted to the areas in which they taught and, and lived. And they didn't have a basic habit. Right. They were they were. Yeah, that's real people. Right. <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean, that would be a stark difference. I'm telling my age. I know. Now. That's okay. But I, I'm just trying to put myself in into that scenario. That would have been a tough, it, it, it was tough. Yeah. But they came together. They they again worked well together. And uh, uh, you know, Father uh, uh, Galvin, uh, who was a pastor at St. Patrick's, was just very instrumental in making that work. Very instrumental in making that work. And how long? How long did that last? Well, until uh, Pope John the Twenty Third Vatican Council got to the point where we had nuns and, and priests just leaving by the droves because suddenly they were being told things that they didn't believe, didn't, didn't sign up for. Uh, they didn't sign up right. for, and uh, that really made a difference. Yeah, and the good sisters again uh, are the reason for the the Catholic school system as it is today. Right. I think one of the neatest things that we've done in the last 10 years, nine years to be exact, in our chapel of the Sacred Heart is we've honored those nuns with the stained glass. Yes, and, and that made a big difference. Again, all the nuns were great. They, right. they, were, they were great. There was some resentment, yeah. but they were great. The Sisters of Providence didn't basically want to follow what Sister Margaret Andrea, Sister St. Joseph of Carondelet. Right. Uh, it, it's kind of like uh, the Marines and the Navy. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, you know, the, there's a two different breed of, of people there, and uh, they were all good people. Right. Very good people. We, uh, we had some very human nuns. That's the only way I can describe it. They were They were human beings, and they were great human beings. But more so than that, they were kids people right we had kids priests we had kids nuns they loved kids and that's what brought us together early i think it might have taken four years had it not been for that love and all that the, the nuns they just it's just an instinct with them they yeah. just wrapped their arms around the kids and off we went so that takes us into the mid-70s and we're making this transition into ron Colley high school uh, talk about some of the athletic successes that we had. Um, 
I, I, I started here, like I said, um, in the fall of 77. Um, I had older siblings here. So I followed some of that athletic success. So I know a little bit about it, but go ahead and, and talk about some of that. Well, as uh, again, and I, I will attribute this to the leadership of the school as it became closer and closer. Sister Margaret Andrea was one reason uh, that the, the school had successes. She wanted good people. She was now in a position in this school to be able to watch what was going on in the athletics and so on and so forth. At Kennedy, basically, it was separated. I don't know whether you remember the old Kennedy building and the office area. The administration was up on the top floor, and everything else was going on around them. They they went off campus to practice football and other things. Right. she, when she got into the building here, took a look around and, and, and just said, you know, these are the changes that have to be made. It's not, it's not going to go right if we don't make these changes. And she right. made the changes, and uh, she took some abuse for that. And uh, I, I was one of the changes they made. They, they uh, brought somebody else in uh, as dean of students. I was the dean of students at Chartrain and then again at Ron Colley. And uh, they brought somebody else in. Uh, to do that job because it, it needed it. The Kennedy people felt cheated because Bob Tully was a ram as a dean of students. Right. And and when you start disciplining. Oh. Which, yeah. It it's inevitable. Took, it kind of took a nasty turn. And, yeah. And she made the right decision. There was no doubt in my mind about yeah. that. She made the right decision. Right. After I cried on her shoulder for <laughs> four and a half weeks. <laughs> Going along the athletic success route, um, something that I've always thought was neat here at Ron Colley is when you come in off of Prague Road and you look to the school and then you look to the right and you see our stadium um, that's in our front yard. And we've had a lot of success over the years. Um, talk about that. Um, I, I don't necessarily go all the way back to Father Kitchen and how it all came about originally, but maybe talk about the the stadium and and what it's meant to have that on campus. Well, it it, it was a miracle actually um created by uh Father Kitchen. Well, go ahead and tell that story with the archbishop. That's a great there was story. A, there was a, a time and and I was there. I can I was right there. An eyewitness right there yeah. to this. I can verify this in my own mind. <laughs> which is a strange place, but uh, we were sitting before the archbishop uh, myself, Jim McGregor, Father Kitchen, Dave Beckman, and uh, it was Archbishop Schulte. And he said to Father Kitchen, I hear you're building a football field. If you are, don't. That was what was said. When, when was this? At what point in time? Uh, that was the first, very first year of the school. Okay. Of, of Bishop so, Chartres. So 1962. Yeah. So... We got in the car, we came back home, and Father started up the tractor and the trailer, and <laughs> we went out to this big pile of dirt that was out there and started picking up rocks because he was going to have a football field. We can't survive without a football field, is what he told us, and we believed that. Right. And then we take our gym classes out there, pick up rocks, and it was a big rock garden. Right. It's where they dumped all the trash and 
and all that. From the right building when they built the it. Building, yeah. Right. And, so uh, that was all from the cafeteria, well, the basement. From everything. Right. It was dug out of the swampland that uh, right. they had. And, uh, so they were, it was just out just south of the campus, and there were just piles of dirt. Actually, and I, I'm not sure where this rumor came from, but I'll spread it anyway. Okay. When we were originally told the school building was supposed, you know, after it flooded 16 times down here, right. we were told it was supposed to go up there on the hill. Kind of makes sense. Uh, where, like Ritter and Chittarden, you got those places around. Uh, if you'll notice, they, they've got streets that come in both ways and go around the schools and right. then go back out again. Right. That's the way Chartrand was supposed to be. We're supposed to be a road coming down in the front of St. Jude, around the back of Roncalli or Chartran at the time, and then back out Prague Road. Yeah. And that was originally the way it was supposed to be, but I guess somebody read the blueprints wrong. <laughs> and uh, we built here, and we, we flooded for about five years Just of the five. seven that we were here until we finally <laughs> figured out we needed some drainage. Right. And uh, yeah. I don't know how true it is, right. but I've heard that too. Okay. I might have started that. <laughs> I, I'm not sure. So fast forward. What four years later, and the archbishop's here for graduation? Is yeah. that how? Is and that he, how it kind of worked? And, and and he found out that we had a football. <laughs> he wanted to know what that thing was out there with the poles, the telephone poles around it with lights on it. Yeah. And uh, Father Kitchen told him it was a football stadium. He told us we could build one, uh, and you kind of agreed with it. And and Monsignor Galvin and F- Father Hartman and Father Kitchen were all kind of in agreement. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and they finally convinced the archbishop that uh, it was his idea, <laughs> and, and suddenly it became a great idea. Yes, it's, yes. It's amazing how things work. Amazing like that. how it works. But they did. It was it was kind of like the uh, Laurel and Hardy group <laughs> there, and they just kept punching away yes. at him, and uh, and he finally was nodding yes, oh, yeah. and, and that's how it. I don't think he really knew that it wasn't his idea. Can he you, was getting old. Yeah. Can you imagine? Ron Colley High School without that oh, stadium. No, 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 no. Do you have a favorite stadium moment? You, you know, the, the thing that comes to my mind that you say that, and, and again, my mind's a terrible thing at sometimes. Uh, the, the whole idea of Cathedral Ron Colley playing football with 10 deep yeah. around the sideline – the bleachers totally full. Right. A guy jumping out of an airplane with a parachute to deliver the game ball and silence yeah. is one. Right. Another one was, I can remember Jimmy Mad Dog made us on the PA system announcing this one. Uh, we thought that was such a great idea. We wanted to do it again. That was really awesome. <laughs> and we had a windstorm and the paratroopers landed up over in... <laughs> three or four different slots of parking lots right. at Southern Plaza and, and like <laughs> those were those were some, yes. some good days. And of course Jimmy uh, made us made he made fun of, yes. of I'm sure he did. That. He's pretty good at that. Uh, very good at that. Yes. Very good. Farmer student and uh, Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Class of seventy six, I think. He was he was in the dean's office a few times. <laughs> no, no. no. Well his kids, kids aren't here. <laughs> Beyond that, um, any um, moments in the stadium that um, any specific game or anything? You, you know, I, no, I, there are so many I couldn't really. Yeah. 
but one one that keeps coming back to my mind over and over and over again, and I have to believe it was a time in in our football that we, we really came alive, and that was in 1985 when we won the state championship at the Hoosier Dome. Right. Uh, for all you young whippersnappers out there, yes. Our former uh, Lucas Oil Stadium, but it was right. the Hoosier Dome, the Hoosier Dome, RCA right. Dome, so on and so forth. Right. But at the end of the ball game, we had just beat Wawasee. Right. Just we thumped them. Uh, Ron Colley had a great line coach, <laughs> offensive line coach. Really? I can't, what was his name? I forget, Do you remember? Okay, I forget. But he was short. <laughs> yeah, came from the southern part of the good, state. Good looking. Yeah, I was daggone <laughs> handsome. I tell you, yes. <laughs> he used to look in the mirror every day and. and sing the song I'm, yes oh lord it's so hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way so <laughs> didn't, that was didn't hurt thing. that you had somebody like dan bauer on oh the line, it didn't right? hurt that we had a line that averaged about 245 <laughs> pounds from end to end and some great running backs and a great quarterback uh yeah uh, again a kunst boy and yeah. uh we won the game it was just a, a massacre yeah. everybody got to play and at the end as much as the security would like to have been able to do it, the the crowd from the Roncalli Stadium side just flowed to the field, and there was this mass of humanity in the middle of the field saying a prayer of thanksgiving. Yeah. That's, a, that's a thing that I, I wish I could have had the words to express the feeling, but I think at that time we grew we grew a mile oh, yeah. that night yeah. in our fans. And, yeah. and, and everything. It was just awesome. Awesome. People recognize that uh, Ron Colley was a pretty special place. Yeah, it, it is a special place. It and, is. You know, the funny thing about that is people say, uh, and they've told me thousands of times, oh, you, that you're paid to say that. Right. And I, I said, just come and walk through the halls. And that's all it takes. They walk through the halls, meet the kids, meet the faculty, are greeted by a thousand people. That, that want to know how they're doing and if they're okay and if there's anything they can do for them and so on yeah. so forth. And then suddenly, you know, in, in, in an interview process with out of deanery students that we have, we hear that over and over and over again. Uh, when they came for the shadow day, that was what convinced them. When we came for open house and we saw what was going on, that's why we wanted to go to Ron Colley, you know, uh, and again, um, the working environment. I just I get uh, I get nervous and, and and bite my lip many a time when I hear uh, something bad about our working environment or our leadership. Anybody that's been in the halls or seen what goes on or or has a student that's been involved in it, it's it, it's it's God mixing with human beings and great and beautiful things are happening. Yeah, that's Ron Colley. Moving on with your career, from the time you started at Chartrand all the way through today, you've held just about every position. I have, and I know where you're going. They're still looking for a job I can do, (laughs) and uh, I hope they keep looking for at least (laughs) as long as God sees my feet on the surface here. We hope so, too. Yeah. Um, Mm-hmm. I know one of those jobs is bus driver. Bus driver. And um I, not anymore. Not anymore. I and had to give it up I, my heart. I, I know that uh, anymore. Literally. <laughs> do do you have um 
a favorite bus driver story? My favorite bus driver story would be uh, meeting in the hospitality room for bus drivers. Yes. I used to go to the hospitality room as a bus driver when I was coaching right. and driving the bus for the teams. <laughs> right. I literally, literally took eight teams, yeah. eight, to the state championship. As a bus driver. As a bus driver. Yeah. I drove the bus. And I'm, I'm, I'm famous for that. You are famous yeah. for that. I made it into the Hall of Fame by being <laughs> the, the bus, bus driver. driver. <laughs> and I, I, I raided all the hospitality rooms. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to take a message, uh, listen to our sponsor, and then we're going to come back and we'll uh, go through some Rebel 5 questions. Oh. Rebel 5 is sponsored by Steve's Flowers and Gifts. For the best and freshest flowers in Indianapolis and surrounding areas, Steve's Flowers and Gifts have exactly what you're looking for. For your next special occasion, call Steve's Flowers at 800-742-9359. Welcome back to the Rebel 5 podcast with Bob Tully, our Ron Colley's Vice President of Mission and Ministry. We've covered... The first 25 years of the building, um, we're not going to cover every phase, but uh, there, there are a couple things I'd like to just throw out there for you. Um, our advancement office has been in existence for 20-some years. Um, we have a staff of eight full-time people, including our school president. You were in charge of fundraising at some point in time. I was uh, the first development director. And how many people did you have working uh, for you? One. <laughs> when I was in high school, we had bingo. And I think everybody would recognize that bingo probably kept this building open. Uh, what, what was your, what, what's your memory of bingo and how it affected Ron Colley? How it affected Ron Colley? Let me ask, answer that first. Okay. Uh, it was a lifesaver yeah. for Ron Colley. It was very necessary. It was a necessary evil, however. Right. Uh, my view of it was that it smelled bad oh, yeah. for seven days a week. And when the smell was starting to disintegrate and get out, we had another bingo night and it right. started all over again. But again, it kept our doors open and it allowed us to do a lot of things that some of the other Catholic schools could not do. And in the meantime, they wanted to know how we were getting all of our money and it was from bingo and right. uh, again a necessary evil but it was it was a mess it it was not good for the building uh it was not good for the people who worked it it was not good for anybody other than the students who who really were the beneficiaries of all of that hard work and smoke right. and stinking it, it was a clearly a different time it was a different time. Um, I re I was here as a student back then. It was just something that happened every Tuesday night. The uh, the smoke. <laughs> I just can't imagine. People would just they would look at that today and think, "What in the world were you doing?" Uh, again, it was a necessary evil. And uh, when we saw the light, and we didn't need it any longer, when when Archbishop Beekline actually came to Indianapolis, which was a godsend for right. all of us oh, yeah. in Catholic education. 
uh, th- that's when we started doing away with bingo. Right. That, and they started investigating all the <laughs> yeah. illegal gambling and right. all the all other, other table stuff. That, yeah. <laughs> but we did it in God's name, so we did. It made it so okay. it was okay. <laughs> Um, 1997, we have our first capital campaign. Um, we had a, a, a real advance. By the way, they had another development director at that time. Well, so I wasn't going to go there. That was there. another job. <laughs> that they, oh, geez, Louise. What, what can he do now? Well, here I am. Here you are. Uh, the only job that was never questioned was bus driver. And that was, I think, because I was free. I don't know. You were the available. Yeah. Yes. And had a, probably didn't even have a license back then. You didn't have Oh, no, you, I you didn't could even just have, drive. No, I yeah. didn't have it. You could drive a stick. You could drive. Yeah, you could drive anything. <laughs> and you didn't have to know how to drive. <laughs> right. 1997, we have our first capital campaign. I know the story goes, um, we didn't know whether we could raise $10,000 or $10 or $100,000. Um, how how involved in that were you? Well, I think I, I was very involved. Uh, I think many, many, many people were very right. involved. And you're right. We didn't know where, and we were amazed, right? actually. And uh, it's, it's just gone to heaven from there. Can you think back in 1962, 57 years ago, um, that we would ever have a campus like today. Oh my gosh, no, no, no. I, st- I still can't believe it. I pull in and, uh, I look at the stadium, uh, uh, look at the chapel. I look at the Catholic identity of our building that just speaks to people as they drive around our campus. And, uh, I'm in awe. I'm in awe. I can walk down from St. Jude drive my, my house, and walk through the old uh, Weisenbach yard there yep. and come across the wooden bridge and, and look at the campus and, and and be inspired and energized. Yeah. I talked earlier about um, when you come down Prague Road and you look to the right, you see the stadium, which has been there since 62 or thereabouts. But when you turn to the left, yes. what you see now is a chapel. The chapel, and, and again, the uh, the Catholic identity is the reason that we're here. And it's so evident in our grounds, everywhere you go, in our classrooms, in our people's lives, in the the students, in the religious classrooms, in the math classrooms. Our Catholic identity is very, very obvious. That's why it hurts so much when I hear people say that, you know, uh, our leadership is not what it should be and uh, i just they have to be blinded by something other than logic because you can't look at our building and our grounds and our campus without knowing that has taken great leadership great leadership and we've had it yeah consistent leadership for a long time yes that's yes very unusual in what we do from a catholic high school uh, perspective yes Okay, we are coming to the Rebel 5 questions. And I'm going to throw out five questions to you. Well, I'm going to throw out five answers okay. to you. I don't well, know that's good because be that's why we're or here. Anything else. Okay. But. In another life, what would you be or do other than being a state trooper? You know, uh, probably if I uh, if God had been listening to my mother, I'd have been a priest actually and and 
as every good Catholic boy back in yeah. the, the 50s and the 40s. You know, I did all the use of the Necco wafers as oh, yeah. posts and, and dressed <laughs> right. up with the. I Pat. probably would have been a priest. My my youngest brother is a right, priest. Right. Uh, Harry. Yeah, Harry. Yeah. I had something to think of his name. <laughs> It's actually Henry, but... <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> hey, <yes>. you! <laughs> he was... Uh, I'm from Holy Name, and uh, he was there at Holy Name when That was when his my first assignment, was, uh, yeah. out of, just out of yeah. newly ordained. Yeah, I was uh, heartened earlier when you mentioned Father Hartman, so to speak. Oh, Father uh, Hartman. Yeah. Father Hartman was the dean of the South Deanery for a long, long, long time, and I wish they'd named something besides just Hartman Hall. Or yeah, right. He, he deserved something because yeah. he was prominent in Catholic education. Yeah. Monsignor Schaefer at St. Mark's. Uh, those were good, good priests. Uh, we were always very blessed that holy name with great priests. Oh, and, unbelievable. You know, so I definitely understand where you're coming from. Uh, moving on, our number two question. Well, wait a minute. I got okay. another oh, little, okay. little I'm sorry. I used to have breakfast with Father Hartman almost every morning really? when I drove the bus. Is that right? So, oh, I, yeah, I made more contacts driving the bus than with anything else. So where did you have breakfast? In the rectory? In the rectory. No way. You know, uh, 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 oh, what was her name? Mrs. Cooney. Mrs. Cooney, yeah. Uh, cooked our Hazel. breakfast. Hazel. Yeah, she waited for me. I'd get there about, uh, that's back when school started at 8 30 or yeah. something like that and i'd be there about quarter quarter till eight and i'd have <laughs> scrambled eggs. that's hilarious well you know hazel oh is yeah my sister's mother-in-law oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Well, i could have put the two together i know me i know one, but... <laughs> um you had breakfast with father hartman did you have breakfast with any other priests that were there i had breakfast with father uh wilmoth as well well father wilmoth? Was there, yeah. about uh father brian no no Father Hartman was uh, just a dear, yeah, dear friend and and confidant and yeah, confessor and yep. he's a good priest, good man. Can we? Are you ready to move on? Oh, I'm ready. Okay. to Okay, this is right up your alley. <laughs> you ever been up my alley? I'll tell you what. You wouldn't have said. I that. don't really <laughs> want to go there. What is the funniest thing that has happened to you recently? Well, I, I have a granddaughter who I have five granddaughters. We haven't talked about that. And, Oh, I, I, I will get it in somehow. Okay, good. Uh, but the youngest one, uh, she's quite funny, and uh, every once in a while she'll come in and say, Bob. <laughs> and, I, of course, I have to answer. Yes. And uh, she'll say something ridiculous about my height or my, my new beard, mustache. Right, right. About uh, who's her favorite. And who's my favorite? Right. And, and she always gets angry, which I kind of like to, to see when I tell her, well, Kaylee, of course, she was the first. Right. Not you, Natalie. You right. were the last. And that's that's the funniest that's thing that's happened to me lately. <laughs> now, it's been a hard time thinking of something funny lately with right. going into the hospital and being tortured. Well, well we're going to talk about that oh, i don't want to talk about you that. Talk? okay that's fine <laughs> what's well, too painful to remember you try to right. forget favorite time or place when you've run into a ron collie person oh my goodness it would have to be uh i was floating in the gulf of mexico on a tube in clearwater beach and i heard hey mr tully and i thought oh my goodness gracious and that's the funniest place. Yeah. And then running into them in Disney World. 
That's interesting. People holler out your name. (laughs) So I figure I can't do anything in public without being caught. So that's kind of kept me. Uh, that's that's probably a good thing. On the straight and narrow. Yes. Um, ironically, we uh, had a podcast with Kevin Bonich, and um, he was the first podcast visitor that we had. And uh, he, too, mentioned Disney World as being the spot where um, he ran into some students, and that was kind of kind of awkward, I guess. Yeah, I was in Murphy's Tavern in, in uh, Sarasota and ran into Run into a lot of Ron Colley people in Irish pubs. Imagine. Why is that? I'm I'm not sure exactly. (laughs) We'll move on. Uh, What do you wish you could tell your younger self? Oh, my. What do I wish I could tell my younger self would be probably it'll be okay. It'll be okay. Yeah. It'll be okay. And then the last Rebel 5 question, life advice. What would you throw out there as life advice? Oh, pray often. Pray often. That's what I would say. Uh, And speaking of that, uh, I I learned a lesson about prayer, my prayer life. Uh, Back in high school when I was a freshman, I used to kneel down beside my bed every night and pray that God surround me by beautiful women. (laughs) Yes, that's uh, a great And he waited until I was in my 60s and gave me five granddaughters and my wife and my daughter. Uh, And it wasn't until then that I realized he had answered my prayer. And I wonder if I'd have been specific back in high school. (laughs) Now. Yes. Now. (laughs) If my life might have changed. So that's one thing I've learned about my life and my prayer life. Be specific. Be specific. We're going to take one last break. And we're going to come back and finish this up, and uh, we'll listen to our, a message from our sponsors right now. Rebel 5 is sponsored by Steve's Flowers and Gifts. For the best and freshest flowers in Indianapolis and surrounding areas, Steve's Flowers and Gifts have exactly what you're looking for. For your next special occasion, call Steve's Flowers at 800-742-9359. Welcome back to the Rebel 5 podcast. Today we are visiting with Bob Tully. It's been a great pleasure visiting with you and sharing stories about Ron Colley and, Thank you. and your history here and what a wonderful history it's been. You know, it has been. It's been. A, it, it, I sometimes uh, am embarrassed and overwhelmed by God's blessings on my life. And, and most of them deal with Ron Colley High School and the Ron Colley family. I've been... Uh, my doctor just recently, I had a heart problem, and they couldn't find out what it was, so they went in looking for it, and when they got in there, they found out, and it burst, and I had to have open-heart surgery and, and the like, and um, my surgeon, Dr. Barksdale, uh, told me when I woke back up, he said, uh, you know, you're a miracle, and I said, no, I didn't know I was a miracle, but uh, I want to thank you for saving my life. And he pointed up and he said, no, that guy up there saved your life. I was just the tool used. Yeah. And from that, that, that made a great statement about the Roncalli family and the power of prayer and, and so on and so forth. And I kneel down at night, believe it or not, beside my bed and thank God. 
that he led me to Roncalli High School. Well, Bob Tully and Roncalli is synonymous. And anonymous sometimes. <laughs> we would not be the school we are today without you being a huge part of it. I, I've told myself that many times. <laughs> and um, when I'm looking in the mirror in the morning, you know, and singing that song, uh, I think about that. And uh, I wish it was true. Well, But there have been lots and lots and lots of great leaders. And uh, I am so fortunate to have been able to work with so many great people. And, and we have two great ones right now. And uh, just look around. Yeah. Well, if there were a Mount Rushmore Ron Colley, you would be there front and center without any question. And before we um, finish today, I just want to, ask if you have any final comments and if you do the floor is yours you know yeah i do okay Uh, we're living in some times where right now the catholic church is taking a little bit of a knock and and ron collie's taking a little bit of a knock and and so on and so forth and i I would just ask all that might listen to this podcast seek the truth seek the truth lots of people can take small pieces of the truth and make large generalizations about them. And when people are talking about Ron Colley, there's nothing but good things they can say. And I hope you understand that uh, we are so blessed to have the leadership we have, to have the priests in the South Deanery that we have, to have so many alumni who are priests and religious at this time. And, and that all is because God continues to smile on Ron Colley High School. In many ways. In many ways, indeed. Thank you again. Appreciate you being here, sharing your stories. And uh, we will look forward to uh, many more years with you and guiding us here at Roncalli. And and thank you for for sharing today. You're quite welcome. I love it. Anytime I can talk about Roncalli. I'm Gary Armbruster, and thanks for joining us today for this episode of the Rebel 5 Podcast. To find out more information about the podcast, please visit 50.roncolli.org forward slash podcast.php. Again, thanks so much for joining us today, and until next time, we'll fight ahead.